Hello, my name is Alice Vickery and you are here with me listening to Dingbat Chat, the podcast where I experience new things and then discuss what happened with an expert after everything has already gone a bit wonky. This is episode four, would you believe it? And to make sure you don't miss any more shenanigans, this podcast is now on Spotify and iTunes. That's right, guys, this bitch has made it to the main podcasting platforms. So catch up and carry on and make sure you like and subscribe on social media as well. Because let's face it, Instagram is enjoying this dingbat very much. University has been a massive part of my life, as I'm sure it has for a lot of you. Not to sound too Dickensian about it, but it definitely was the best of times and the worst of times. I met the most wonderful people who have made me a much better person just for knowing them. But I also had to make some serious mistakes to understand the value of their friendship, man. I played rugby again, which I had massively missed, and became part of a team of strong, empowered ladies who became an amazing support system. But being part of that group also introduced me to one of the biggest detrimental factors that I faced at uni that I'd never experienced before and had no idea of how to deal with. It introduced me to radio and podcasts. Hello! A career that excited me and just felt right. But it also stripped away any motivation I had to start down that road, leaving me feeling a little bit helpless. I mean, I didn't mean to get that deep, guys, mainly because I've always been shallow. A pond skater, as my mother kindly says. But uni made me far too serious about certain things and it took me a long time to lighten up again. That's why I was so intrigued when I met a very friendly northerner and it transpired that he was an exchange student. I wonder if he had had the same experience coming to another country or if Australia had somehow found a better way of dealing with emotionally needy, unstable teenagers thrown into the boozy fighting pits that are university. Turns out he's having a cracking time, so with no further ado, I give you the much lighter interview with Richard in episode four of Dingbat Chat. Feeling loony, back to uni. So I'm back at the hotel in Melbourne again. It's not a hotel, it's a hostel. I don't know why I'm upgrading myself here because I'm not a classy bitch. Like, it's just not working for me. But we like it here. It's a bit like a prison, but a good one. So, um... Yep, happy days. And I'm up here with my very good friend, who I've met three times now. <laughs> His name is Richard, but we call him Lanky Leg. Hello. It's a pleasure to be here. Is it? Is it a pleasure? You sound a little sort of grimaced at the thought. There's been much apprehension uh, in the in the build up to this, but I'm I'm thrilled to be here. Thrilled. Okay. Well, no, I can tell. I can tell from the big old beam on your face. So, Richard, I mean, how did you meet me in the first place? And I mean, why have you decided to meet up with me again? I'm an exchange student. Um, stayed in this hostel for a considerable amount of time. I, I couldn't. I I'd call myself a hostel veteran um, and we met on my last evening actually at the hostel. I was planning on moving out that evening which I, I ended up doing perhaps not initially when I thought I was going to and the first comment you my dear friend made to me uh, was that I had clammy hands which is a wonderful introduction 
Um, nah, like, nah, it was not the first comment. Like, let's be fair. It was in like five minutes of the conversation. No, because straight away we, we shook hands and I yeah. believe it was the first thing you said to me. No, I definitely like said hello first. Can we? Fair enough. That, that is a good social <laughs> skill to be able to, to develop is, uh, is saying hello and then making the comments about people's hands. I do, like, you know, I build rapport first, you know, that's part of my job is building rapport and then introducing the entertaining comments. And you, you've built that rapport ever since. Uh, oh, yeah. Last Friday, I went oh. to see James A. Caster, um, and we just bumped into yeah. each other. We just bumped into each other. I was like, oh, hey, how are you doing? Uh, and you, you, were, you were merry. You'd had a good evening. You were enjoying yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, you were living your best life. I uh-huh. think that's fair to say. Yes. I'd, had, I'd finished my first two days of work. We'd gone out on work drinks. Emily had been an absolute <laughs> pussy and gone home. And I was like, I'm not ready yet. So... I went out to a club called the Asian Beer Cafe, which was sick. And then I found some people, multicolored hair. I thought they are my kind of people. I bought them all drinks, even though I have no money. But then they were my friends, so it was worth it. And I came across lovely lanky legs out here on the street and um, started a conversation. Yeah, so we, we haven't seen each other for about 10 days by this point. Um, oh, yeah. And uh, I'd, I'd needed to re- respond to some messages, but you, you were talking about how well we got on for those first couple of hours it turned into. That it, it started out nicely, didn't it? It did start out nicely, as, as most interactions with you do. Oh, I think it's fair to say. Thanks. If not all, if not all. <laughs> um, and uh, then got on to the conversation of, um, you know, talking about friendship. And you're like, we're, we're, we're compatible people. We get on well. Um, you're not a 10 out of 10, to be fair. <laughs> A wonderful thing to hear from from anyone really is is to be told that you are not a ten out of ten. Let's be honest was the was the exact quote. Let's be honest. Let's be honest. She did follow it up with, to be fair, neither am I. See, no, I would never normally say that. See, that's how you know that that is out of character. One, because I myself am not a modest individual, and I think all round I am a ten out of ten. And you, lovely lanky legs, are a very handsome young man so you know that it is out of character and I would never say that sober and even though I do tend to live by the phrase that a drunk man says what a sober man thinks um I clearly was not thinking at the time I hadn't been thinking about you the previous evening and gone well he's not a 10 out of 10 if I had done that I would have admitted it and we'd be friends again I was dehydrated from the tears later that (laughs) evening but this is this is what I mean though this is where we talk about dingbat chat because I myself am a bit of a plonker and I'm talking to you today about your life in Melbourne, yeah. being at university and all the different things. And obviously, I'm supposed to try something new beforehand. I've been to university in England, haven't been to university in Australia, and Richard is on a year abroad. So he has the experiences of both and he can share his expertise with me. And even though it wasn't a deliberate experiment, meeting him on a university night out, here we are having the conversation. So expectation versus reality-wise of, you know, the social life out here in Australia, in Melbourne. So I'd say on balance, the social life is much better in the UK. See, everyone's starting from scratch in the same boat to meet new people. Now, in Australia, they don't have maintenance loans and therefore people live at home, generally speaking. They don't invest a lot of money into into moving state because uh, it is a lot of money so that's massively shit then because i i wouldn't go that far it just <laughs> means you have to be more proactive in going out and meeting australian people okay um and another parallel that i've drawn is that on wednesday afternoons in the uk we have it allocated set aside for sports sports night sports night every wednesday in the lcr yeah doesn't mean that everyone is necessarily going to take part in sports no but i'm assuming you will because i know that you do a sport 
have to tell them what you do. Yeah, so I take part in the, um, the fastest growing sport in the world. It is going to be the Olympics in nine years' time. And uh, there are the conditions that I have to tell people at the start, because as soon as I mention Ultimate Frisbee, <laughs> eyes roll and I get that kind of response. You get that reaction. Like, Ultimate Frisbee, let's not lie. Like, it's the dumbest name in the world. Because Frisbee itself, no, no, no. Okay, so the connotations of Frisbee, everyone knows, you're just passing, like you're chucking a plastic plate in the air, Right. Ultimate Frisbee just makes like, makes it sound like you like set it on fire or something, but it's still essentially the same game. They should have called it something else to take it away from throwing a paper plate at the beach and having it lost in the sea because it's been pushed over by the wind. Have you have you got any name suggestions? Um, I don't know. Um, oh, disc throwing sport ultimate. Um, no, I can come up with a circular. Winner championships, yeah? Circular winner championships, yeah. I like that. I will suggest that to, to the people at the UD and because they're... In and the Olympics. And the Olympic Committee, of course, because I have, I'm in touch with the Olympic Committee. I am, I am indeed. I've, yeah. got, uh, I've got high contacts in high places. There we are. That's why I got you on this. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's just, a, it's just nepotism. This is, this, that's all this is, really. It's just uh, Alice <laughs> wanting an in in life. That's, a, that's the only reason I have friends. But the, there's no room at this in. <laughs> All right, God, am I marrying your Joseph? Is that the... It's a bit weird already. You right? are wearing blue. I am wearing blue. That's about as Virginia as I get. So, um, so ultimate, fris <laughs> ultimate Frisbee out here. What's it like? Obviously, because you started playing at home, I'm assuming. Yeah, so I went to a, a total of probably about eight sessions in the UK, being the wow. committed athlete that I am. Wow. Um, but it was enough to, you know, teach me how to, to learn the basic techniques of throwing. Yeah. And so I practiced those... <laughs> You laugh now. Did you wait you nine years, people. Nine years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There are certain <laughs> techniques. You've got the chicken wing. You've got your, your hammer throws. There are all sorts of the throws. Chicken, the that, chicken that's wing. That's pretty sexy, man. I know. It makes you hungry while you play. Um, it's great. And so I learned the basic throws for the first two years. Uh, and I had some very good friends of mine who stuck at Frisbee whilst I took part in other society. And so when I came to uni here, I had no game time uh, or experience of, of the rules, but I knew how to throw pretty well. So, uh, oh, I've, wow. I know. You had to throw down. Is weird, that weird flex, but okay. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> I, had, I had some good throwing experience, and, uh, and I've, I've hit the ground running. <laughs> hit the ground throwing, as you would say. Hit the ground throwing, that, that, that common colloquial phrase, Can yes. Can you actually like run in Ultimate Frisbee? Or should I say circular game championship? So, uh, as you'll see in nine years' time, it's a, it's a sport that's done crawling. <laughs> no, we do run, we do run. We do run on occasion. So, social-wise, you obviously find your sport out here, which is good, and that must help sort of socially a lot. Talking about sports, obviously I play rugby, and we all know what rugby people are like, the reputation they get at university. Have you had any experiences with rugby people? Yeah, so uh, the reputation is, is global, I would say. It precedes them, doesn't it? It does. Not, not exclusively. Like, there are some lovely rugby yeah. people. Um, yeah. But one of my best mates from home uh, was a social sec for nice. rugby at Bristol while I was uh, in my first year. And so he came up for just a visit. I'd, I'd moved into Birmingham. I was still a fresher. Um, and we were supposed to go to a house party. Mm. I was like, oh, I've had a bad week. I, don't, I just want to get smashed and go out. I was like, oh, poor you. Mm. Um, I decided that we, you know, we'd go to the shop and he's like, we'll get some beers in. I was like, do you know what? That's, I've, I've had plenty of beers. I'm a Yorkshireman. I'm used to that. It's basically my blood. Yeah. Glenn's vodka <laughs> is not the finest of quality of vodkas. <laughs> 
and pesto jars at your friends' places are not the finest vessels to oh be drinking God. vodka out of. Yes. Um, and this, this is my my like respect for you is like slowly decreasing, and I'm happy about that. Don't get me wrong, because I started off much lower than you did. I mean, this is basically the only story I have <laughs> that's like this. To be fair, <laughs> so I tried to keep up with my friend. Yeah. Um, and there's been much discussion in the past as to whether he was trying to put more vodka into my glass yeah. while I wasn't looking. Yeah. Um, but we, you know, I kept up with him. I did. Well done. In, in, the, in the consumption phase yeah. of, uh, of the evening. So, yeah, I wasn't aware, really, of what was going on. No. Um, my friends looked after me. They're very nice friends. I'm usually, I'm usually the nurse or, like, the medic on a night out. I'm usually You're the, the mother, yeah? Yeah, we'll go with that. Um, <laughs> looking after people. You know, you, don't, you want people to have a good time. Yeah. You don't want incidents where they're saying embarrassing things to people on the street that they've only known for a couple of weeks. <laughs> All right, Jesus, dig that one in. I can't imagine it's very easy to make friends because they've already found their mates right they're already staying in the same state they've got the same people whereas the whole point of going to university in the uk is to get as far from home as possible i literally went seven hours eight hours i could not have been further unless i left the bloody country i'd like to make the point that i did leave the bloody country and i'm now 30 hours away actually yeah okay so you get it you get it but you know you've yeah. arrived somewhere yeah. else where you know the attitude is entirely different are they happy to be staying at home have you ever like asked anyone out about that I think they don't really have the relative comparison. We're often only unhappy with things in life because we can see people enjoying things relatively to a greater um, extent. And God, so we've come back to Leo. Hello, Leo. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Leo. Yeah, but your voice isn't quite as velvet, is it? That's not like no, no, it's not. Um, it's far too northern. <laughs> far too northern. Yeah, I am a northerner. So apologies if you made it this far and not realised that um, and you want to switch off. Um, what was the question? <laughs> <laughs> oh yes, meeting yeah. Australians, fantastic. So I've I've met some decent Australian people. They they don't they don't they're not aware of what the um, the uni experience is like in the UK. Not mm. many of them do exchange programs. No. Sorry, just touch your leg again. Um, right. <laughs> he did it for the third time. Third time, luckies, ladies. <laughs> what can I say? I think I'm now an eight out of ten. Let's be honest. Um, <laughs> just going to progressively go lower in the rankings, aren't I? Um, Australians, yeah. So Australians, <laughs> yes. So they're not aware of, of the UK lifestyle. But when I explain to them things like the sport, things like sports night, mm. um, and the, the real community effort that I think uh, develops as a result of everyone being chucked in at the deep end mm. and having to find their feet, um, they, they would prefer it that way. A lot of Australians live at home. It does mean that they do have a couple of jobs because they've yeah. got that extra time um, and the money that they can build up. So I've spoken to a lot of people that by the time they graduate from university, they are... Uh, They've paid off all of their debt, right? which is fantastic. Very different, again. But it's a completely different experience. Mm. Um, they're more grown up in some ways. They've had jobs, they've had responsibility, but in terms of life skills, if they've not had um, parents or guardians that have pushed them into doing house chores, mm. then perhaps they're not going to have those life skills that need developing further down the line. Okay. I mean, that's a very interesting perspective to come from because obviously if they've worked harder in the outer world but not in their own home... That's going to, I don't know what that sort of creates, but a very different sort of... I mean, potentially, if they've got really high-flying careers, mm. they don't necessarily need to have the life skills. I know Deborah Mead, and shout out Deborah if you're listening, uh, <laughs> <laughs> is, has never cooked a meal in her life. How She's did not you need know to. that she was my number one listener? How did you know that? Oh, see, so yeah, Peter Jones told me. Ah, okay, well, fair enough. Already in that business world, my I goodness. Told you, contacts in high places. <laughs> yeah, I suppose, I suppose that is the attitude, isn't it? If you, know, if you go far, if you do well yourself, then you don't need to do anything for yourself. But if it ever comes down to the fact that you will have to do... Because, I mean, I myself, I've been brought up with two very loving parents, but they are very 
lenient with me and I think in one way that's been brilliant because it's made me the person that I am I mean I'm very happy to do things that other people might not be happy to do both in good and bad situations and darling I never say no so I mean that's the kind of human what a promise listeners (laughs) that's the kind of person I am thanks Richard Um, but you know when it comes to discipline and responsibility you know I worked hard during my A-levels and I would say that's probably the hardest I've ever worked recently. But I had my mum and my dad there on my back riding me every single day. So all of university, it took me three years to like fully understand that if I had wanted to get anything done, if I wanted to improve myself in any way, or just even like live a basic life, man. Like it's hard to discipline yourself, but university taught me that. But I suppose here they're not really getting that opportunity. Can you tell that? Can you tell the difference? But then to an extent, I, I guess it all comes down to the parenting. Mm. If the parents are going to be rigorous enough, for want of a better phrase. Um, <laughs> See, if you're, if you're allowed to laugh at me riding my parents, and I'm allowed to laugh at you saying that they're vigorous. That is the... No? Okay, just me. Okay, well. If the parenting is, uh, <laughs> is rather strict or, or proactive, for want of a better phrase. Thank you. Um, then... then yeah, I, I think someone's life skills come down to that entirely. It's, uh, it's the people that they've got around them. It's the exposure. It's the willingness. Not to say that all Australians don't have practical life skills no, by any yeah. stretch of the imagination. A lot of them, a lot of them, my housemates currently can cook mm. better than I can. Mm. Um, they're more proactive than I am to an extent. Um, but I think it entirely depends upon the environment in which they're living in. Yeah. Exactly, and if you get that opportunity to be by yourself, because until you do, you don't know who you are. Like, I did not find my legs, and those three years for me were like a massive sort of decline, and like it was a massive battle finding out who I am, because I've been given everything I ever wanted before, you know? I never knew that I really had to work that hard for anything, or if I did, I had the support to do it, you know? So, it really is the test of certain character. I mean, speaking of character, and characters like myself, what sort of people, like who, who are the interesting people that you've met out here that you wouldn't have been able to meet back in Birmingham? So I, as I've already mentioned, I've had a couple of jobs since I've been here. Mm. Um, and a friend of mine on this course was here a couple of years before me uh, and he managed to get a job working in the sports stadiums. So I thought, oh, that sounds good. I'll get involved with that. And I'd previously never had a job other than being a student ambassador at university. Student um, ambassador number woo! one. £7.90 an hour. £8.20, sometimes £9.50. £10.25. Oh, uh, and so I started off by working as a runner. So oh. just, just taking drinks orders. Um, His legs worked for you good, yeah? They really did. I was sprinting <laughs> up and down the corridor, um, taking drinks orders for the corporate suites because that's where I was working. Have you heard of a, a certain sprinter called Usain Bolt? He's a man and he's very fast and incredibly tall. I know that he's almost, he's taller than you, right? He is. So this was what... And you I would know that from meeting him, I'm from, assuming. From meeting him, yeah. So Wonderful. I'm I'm six foot four, six foot five. Um, hubba hubba. And I thought I was pretty tall. <laughs> Back up, ladies. Um, <laughs> and Usain Bolt walks into the building. Yeah. Quite a, quite a tall fellow, a lovely fellow. Um, and he's like six foot six. Jesus. Like I know he looks tall, but I thought the sprinters next to him weren't actually that tall. No, but no. he really is tall, even though he was in flats. <laughs> in flats, what did you expect him to be in heels? Well, you, you know, you, you get those like massive wedges in sports shoes, don't yeah, you? Like the you foam, it's just like, it's like a memory foam mattress on a bed, but yeah. built into a shoe. Um, and you say- Because you're full of interesting facts, aren't you, Richard? <laughs> So yeah, uh, I'd met Usain Bolt previously, uh, and then I was, I was going out on one of my breaks, um, and where we walk is, is also where the players walk. And uh, have you heard of Novak Djokovic? 
Um, yes, because I am a cultured person who's, who understands all sports, tennis included. But for those listeners that perhaps aren't aware of who Novak Djokovic yes, is... Yes, explain it for them. That's a good idea. Yeah, so he is the number one tennis player in the world at the moment. Ah. And has been for, for quite a number of weeks. I want right. to say potentially even a couple of years. Um, and he <laughs> ended up... He <laughs> weeks turn into years. Yeah. It's, it's, time, time carries on. Time is continuous. Jesus, Leo. You've got to stop turning up no, here like it's this. It's a man-made concept. Um, I'm Russell Brand now. I've sort of evolved. Stop. Uh, and so... Djokovic was there and uh, he, he played a fantastic tournament. Mm. Um, but also, it was potentially Andy Murray's final game. Oh my God, okay. Oh, I know. Quite a lot happening. S- a lot happening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I actually got to go. So I, I got to see the, the games when I was working in the suites. Mm-hmm. I'm, a, I'm an emotional guy. I wear, I wear my heart on my sleeve. Yeah. I was not expecting to, to be in tears by the end of Andy Murray. Judy Murray was crying. Oh. Jamie Murray was crying. Oh. Andy Murray was crying. Um, he's he always leaves his heart on the courts, and the entire stadium erupted for him and was behind him. And I was like, "This is this is my Australian experience. I'm living it. I'm living my best life." And uh, so I made some really really good friends who work, um, yeah. which a lot of people do. Uh, but these guys were authentically Australian. I've been invited to barbecues. Um, we have something called Triple J's Hottest 100 out here, which is like BBC Radio One doing their like top ten of the week. Yeah. But they do it every single year, and it's 100 songs back to back, an entire playlist voted by um, the Australian citizens. Wowza! I know it's crazy, um, and they had barbecues, and it's just it's it's very Australian. Okay. It's, it's a fantastic day. So doing stuff like that, that's what sort of gotten you to meet the locals, and that's the different kind of experiences. That's what you've gotten out of that. I mean, I have to ask sort of question, very important question: Have you drank goon? Have you drank it out of a shoe? And have you slept? on said goon using it as a pillow i have done one of those things <laughs> i would one? like to do one of those other things yeah so i have drunk goon okay fraser island was a, a particularly great place to experience goon okay. um goon for those of you that aren't aware is like lambrini um to an extent i was waiting for a description because people say wine i was like no 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 man it doesn't sound like wine to me it sounds like something lambrini lamb lamb the lamb 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 gave me the worst hangover of my life so that's why people say it's a bucket of shit right okay if you want to save money and uh and knock some weeks off your life expectancy then drink lambrini um and also drink goon so goon Goon. is goon is very cheap uh and it's what a lot of australians like to drink it's a lot of what people traveling like to drink Mm. um because it's cheap it it does the job um but you you kind of don't want to be in touch with your taste buds while it's going down too much uh, but i didn't have any particularly bad experiences i okay. i didn't i didn't get drunk off goon at all you didn't get drunk off goon. i have not been drunk off goon um any like experience with this alcohol specifically that i obviously as someone who would like to try being a student in australia should try doing so classic experience in australia you want to be drinking goon goon is as the, a student as a student yeah it's still you've got to experience as a student oh, though you yeah. kind of want to experience the australian life that's why oh, i'm yeah. here i want to experience the australian culture mm. so you've got to be drinking goon got to be step one be drinking goon okay step two go to a beach if yeah. anyone's seen in between us two movie <laughs> i mean there are some stereotypes <laughs> there are some stereotypes but stereotypes do sometimes have foundations for a reason yeah. for a reason um so you want to be goon on a beach mm-hmm. there's probably got to be a guitar Guitar. there needs to be a is guitar is that essential is that like a number one as well maybe a ukulele maybe a ukulele okay it, it depends whether you want to be singing I'm Yours or something with potentially... Bit of Jason Raz, man. Ain't nothing wrong with that. So, um, Goon on a beach, you've got to have friends. 
You don't want to be lonely on a beach. No. No one wants to be lonely on a beach. I tell you what, I tell you what here, like actually it seems like a massive thing to go out in big groups because Emily and I went out the other night uh, when she was actually game for it. I was very excited about that. But everyone was in groups. There was no like individuals you could pick off and like just start a conversation with. Like you had to like approach the entire group and make yourself known to everyone there. And they were all a bit strange to be honest with you. But that just might be my opinion in general of Australians. We'll see. I haven't met enough locals yet to know that for a fact. I did get bought um, lots of rum by someone who was supposedly a pilot and lived in LA, but also owned a construction site. So this is what I mean. These are the kind of stories that I want to be able to tell, right? So I mean, so goon, beach, guitar, friends. Give me number five. Student styles. Um, Student styles. You've got to have your drinking games, haven't you? You've got to have your drinking games. Okay. You know, these are things that a lot of us may have left behind in our fresher years. No. You expect to leave. Perhaps <laughs> you might expect to leave behind in your fresher years. And one of the games is you get um, like uh, like a, a fishing wire or just a long piece of string. <laughs> Tie it to the game bag. Have people stand around in a circle. And then you've got to get them to jump over it. If you Brilliant. If you don't jump over it, you have to drink. But then if you drink, you're not going to get over it as much. Right. Do you That's see where the I'm going? The point of drinking yeah. games is to make it harder for you to be able to do anything, including drinking games. But but also keep standing up. Um, you've got <laughs> to be safe. One. You've got to be safe at the same time. <laughs> be sensible. Be safe and sensible. You can, you know, it basically turns into this inflatable volleyball, mm. which you can just throw around the room. It's, it's good fun. It's good fun. I mean, we all have some rather crazy fresher stories, don't we? I know myself, I've often ended up in a trolley with a balloon arch over the top of me running around saying I'm the queen. That was just, you know, one key night in my first year. Did you have any crazy experiences back home? And when you came to Australia, was it like starting all over again? So perhaps my, uh, my most notable story is ending up in a canal. Kicker, a good kicker, a good way to start that. Yeah, it's strong. So Birmingham has more canals than Venice. That's like one of its things. Obviously, you think of Venice, very romantic. Think of Birmingham, very romantic. Fantastic place to go to. <laughs> yeah, very romantic. Incredible place to go to. And uh, I was cycling back from uni one day. Mm. And most people ask me, you know, did you drink any alcohol in this in this incident? I did not. It was just, um, it was bad judgment. Yeah. Being a fresher, you know, trying to find your legs. Uh, so it wasn't just me that was involved in this. I was cycling back, you know, I'm an, I'm an innocent little try-hard fresher. <laughs> I, uh, I want to do well. I want to do well at uni. Um, <laughs> no, my life hasn't fallen apart at this point. We're nice. still doing okay. I think it was about February. But, you know, I was, it was safe. It was safe to cycle. And um, there were three runners who were probably female in their mid-50s, like Debbie, Sandra, you know, the classic. Oh, right. Okay. You really know this memory then. Oh, yeah. I- it's haunted me <laughs> for the entire time. Like, yeah, it troubled me more so than being in this hospital. Including the three middle-aged lady runners. Yeah, they were very nice. I can't remember the name of the third one, sadly. Uh, Although I have just profiled them. Okay. Uh, and I was cycling along and I dinged my bell and they moved out of the way. Mm. Lovely. It's what you do. Toe paths aren't very wide. Mm. Cycling along um, and this lady in a trench coat was probably another 50 metres ahead. Uh, I, I dinged my bell, mm-hmm. um, wanted her to move out of the way. She had headphones in. Now she was walking mostly to one side of the canal, to the left-hand side, mm. um, away from the water. So I was like, oh, I'll just go around the right. It is a bit risky. It's a bit risky, okay? Mm-hmm. I can admit that. Um, but there's more space there. There is more space. Transpires later um, that she was not moving out of the way and she hadn't heard me because she was <laughs> listening to whatever she was listening to. So I then cycled around and uh, long story short, um, she knocked into me as she stepped back. And with bike, which was only a couple of weeks old by this point, I, uh, I took a nosedive into the canal, straight oh over the, in the handlebars, went in. 
Um, and people are like, oh, so so how was it? I, I don't know what they're expecting me to say from that. <laughs> it was Coles. <laughs> it went out to my chest. Um, I don't know what's on the oh, bottom. Wait, so you could stand then? I could. Oh yeah, yeah. It was absolutely fine. I right, could stand. Okay. You know, it was fine. It was right. absolutely fine. Yeah. It was almost pleasant. Ooh. Sandra and Debbie and the third runner had by this point caught up. Okay. Um, and were. We'll Barbara. We'll call them oh, Bar- Babs. Babs. Good, Babs. Good old Babs. Good old Babs. Great. Okay. And um, the the lady that had actually knocked me in, um, I got her cards to contact her later about Ooh. this. She worked for the health and safety department at the University of Birmingham. That's very nice of her. Some bitty sweet irony there. <laughs> um, but she, she didn't offer me an apology, but she did offer me uh, a box of Thornton's chocolates. Do you know what? I'd rather that than a verbal apology anyway, because at least that's some sort of competence. Compensation. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, true. Um, except she would have been admitting guilt. <laughs> so she was like, no, I don't regret my decision, to be <laughs> to honest. To you into the this river. This is quite I had to go back in to get my bike out. Oh, my God. It was uh, it was wonderful. Well, I mean, you've given me a lot of advice here, and I really do appreciate it, Richard. Because I myself, and you know, I want to stay young. I want to stay young while I'm here. I want to enjoy myself. And do you think a young lady, aka a dingbat like myself, would survive at university here? Because you have had the experiences of both. Do you think I'd be any good, or do you think I would run a mock? I think knowing you as well as I do. <laughs> For, for Officially three accounters, guys. Yes. Officially three today. Yeah, this is the third. Um, go us. Um, <laughs> I think you'd be you'd flourish. You've got to be you've got to be proactive. I think as a student in Australia, yeah. I think you have to be proactive. You want to get the best out of your time. Okay, Richard, you get me. I get you. Listen, thank you so much for having a chat. I think you've enjoyed it. I think you have. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much, Richard. Goodbye, lucky legs. Dun, 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 dun. So overall, university is bloody messy wherever you go. And the main thing to remember is that it's what you make of it. You supposedly go there for an academic education, but you find the bigger lesson is actually about life. Oh my God, she's got philosophical, guys. Whether that's how you survive the dangerous waters of Birmingham or not insulting a new friend on the streets of Melbourne. Always and forever, thank you so, so much for listening. And if you enjoyed it, which I thoroughly hope you did, give it a share and leave a review and five stars will get you a really, really big smile. Be sure to look out for next week's episode of Dingbat Chat, acting like an adult. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, 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 dun.